Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Oh man, I'm so excited to go out there and walk with Rudy, walk with Tyler Mitchell. Tyler with Rudy, you know, like just picking his brain and the defensive, you know, like defensive mind, player, play of the year, two-time defensive player of the year. I mean, like, I know that, you know, just learning from Rudy, like a guy like Rudy is really going to help my game a lot. I'm so excited to learn from Mitchell and, you know, his brain and what he brings to the table and, like, what he can do. Like, I'm just excited, so excited to learn from those, you know, just superstars. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Madoka has a bouquet right there. The Jazz first round draft pick. Excited to learn from Rudy Gobert, a guy he's been modeling his game after. A defensive presence. That's the Jazz 27th pick in the draft, 38th pick. Uh, the Jazz moved, but then they were right back in with the 39th pick and they grabbed Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse. PK, we got time to hit this as the morning progresses, but give the people the headline right now, the legendary gut-level response from Patrick Kinahan. Oh, Doke is dope, man. Doke. That's all I got to say. Doke is dope. Doke or Dame, which one do you like better? I could feel you wincing as soon as you heard Doke on the call. Oh, no, no, no. No, I think Doke makes sense. It's much easier to say. Uh, So, And Kansas is one of these teams you watch in Syracuse. I know, so we see them. So they're, they're premier program, so you see them. Kansas, or, uh, Syracuse slipped a little bit as Bayheim's gotten older and can't hang it up. But uh, Kansas, yeah, they probably have to take a pay cut to play for the Jazz, but that's another story. Uh, yeah, he's he's got a lot of ability. You know, he's 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 a bull, man. Instead of dope, call him the bull. I mean, this guy, he had to lose 30 pounds going into his senior year because these uh, got the word got to him, hey. You want to play in the NBA, man. You can't play at this weight. You got to drop. And he did, to his credit. He did. And there had been some inconsistencies about approach and effort and what I've been reading as far as Kansas coaches being frustrated. And I think that going ahead and losing that weight shows, okay, you're serious about this you know, because you understand what's at stake. The thing that I like about both kids, I mean, they're old men. They are AARP guys compared. Hmm. You know, we were talking about this yesterday. Is saying how if you're 22, oh, man, he's older. I, I don't care. Give me 10 solid years. If you go from, say, give him a year to develop 23 to 32, I mean, I'll take it. So I like both these kids. And now Hughes only played three years because he was a transfer. I think it was from East Carolina, so he had to sit right. out. Uh, the one season, but he was in college for four years, and he was in Syracuse's program for three, eligible for two. So what I mean by that, the importance of it is that maybe they're a little bit more ready to uh, contribute immediately as opposed to being 18, 19 years old, because Jazz are in win-now mode, and that's what I want my team to be in. I mean, I'm not worried about five years from now. Who knows if I'm going to be alive in five years? I mean, that's dramatic, obviously. But I want them to be in win-now mode, and maybe these two kids being advanced can give you an opportunity to be in that. There's a lot to say about both these kids. I can't wrap it up here in what's trending. We'll get to it throughout the morning. To me, the red flag with Azubike is that uh, he played limited games his freshman and junior year. He ended up playing about 60% of Kansas's games over his four-year career. Now, back to what you said, you change your body, you know, as a freshman, 
you know, you're not ready for the pounding and all that, whatever. You're carrying too much weight. Does that lead to injury? Well, they you know, were torn ligaments in the hand and wrist, though. Yeah, so... You got fat hands? Fat, so is it a freak... Uh, One was a sprained ankle his freak junior trauma. year that he missed four games. Right. Freak trauma? Well, his his, uh, his junior year he missed... Uh, now I'm going to get he the missed, math. He 27. only played nine games. Right, he, played, right, he missed but, 27. But, but, but only four of them were, were on because the, of a sprained on the ankle. ankle. Yeah. The, the, the sprained, rest is on the... Yeah. yeah. The freshman and soft and junior years, he only played a total of 20 games, and both of the significant injuries were in the wrist hand. He had four games that he missed because the of the sprained ankle. ankle that you could say potentially is the weight. weight. But I don't think you can say the wrist <laughs> and all that is because of your weight. Nevertheless, he basically only had a third of a season for two of the four years. Yep. It's, it went... Uh, went the freshman, junior, and then sophomore, senior, he was fine. His most recent year, I, I think he probably would have come out after three years. Oh, he would have. If yeah. he had played. because he, But he, he wasn't healthy. He tested the draft after his second year. <clears throat> his sophomore year was, was a big step forward. So he tested it. You do the deal where you don't get the agent, and then you come back. And uh, But then he played nine games. So he ends up being a four-year guy. Although, oddly, with a September birthday, he's listed as a 21-year-old. I was reading stuff last night. Is he 20 or is he 22? Yeah, I think he was born in 1999, September 17th, yep. I think it yeah. was. Yeah. All right, more on the Jazz and the Draft coming up. DJ and PK, stay with us. Hashtag NBA. I can't even describe it. Uh, my family is emotional. I feel like when I get off here, I'm going to get emotional, and I'm just blessed to beyond measures to be in this situation. Just versatility, be able to rebound, run the floor, block shots, and just space the floor out for my size. And uh, I've been playing, uh, like, a lot of pickup games and stuff this summer, and, like, i just been – I'm just really just improving my game every day, so I'm, so I'm ready and I'm prepared. That's Anthony Edwards on being the top pick. James Wiseman on what he brings to the Warriors is the second pick. I think the easiest prediction of the night was that – Wiseman was going to end up with the Warriors, and he did. But, man, the Warriors stole the headlines before the draft even started. Klay Thompson in a pickup game. They're fearing it's an Achilles injury. It sounded really bad. Then there was a report later, maybe it's not that bad. I guess we'll find out later today. Um, But he seemed to think it was bad, judging by his body language and the stories we heard about what happened on the court. That'd be horrible if he ends up missing two straight years, PK. ACL, one leg the ACL, and now the other leg the Achilles. If that's what oh, it is. I mean, let's see what the medical reports say. I mean, yeah. obviously, if he missed any one year, month, yeah, I mean, no question. But I haven't seen a report. I just a bunch of sources, so I'm going to wait and see until it's official. Uh, trades everywhere. Did any of these catch your attention more than the other? The Sixers send Al Horford and two draft picks to Oklahoma City in exchange for Danny Green, unloading a lot of salary right there for a team that's Sitting on like a $147 million payroll without without that deal. Now, still huge, but uh, less. Uh, Houston trades Trevor Ariza to the Pistons in exchange for a future first-round pick. Uh, Seth Curry to play for his father-in-law, Doc Rivers, after the Mavs traded him to the Sixers. The Kings' Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to enter free agency. Man, your head's spinning with all the deals. But are they all just deals, just pushing guys around? Anything really catch your attention? Nothing yet. Uh, we'll see if this uh, Bogdanovich thing goes through to the Bucks because the you know they with uh, 
the uh, Antetokounmpo. They can get some shooters, and that's going to help. I don't know if it's going to go through. We'll see how that plays out. Our man Rubio traded twice. Yeah, he's back to Minnesota now. Started, which actually I think is a nice spot for him. One of the guys, uh, I think it was, uh, who was it? Uh, Okoro. They said, man, if, you know, if he hits a jump shot, he can be an all-star. And I'm thinking, yeah, man, if that pitcher could throw strikes, he'd be really good. I mean, come on. you got to be able to shoot. Some I did laugh at that can't, one. can't shoot a lick. It was Bruce Pearl's I mean, Okoro, head coach. 29% from uh, three. 60, 67% from the free throw line. I mean, ball, 25% from three in the statistics. Makes me nervous, man. you got to be able to shoot. I mean, that's, that's why I brought up Rubio. If Rubio could shoot, he would have been an all-star because he does everything else very, very well. But he's been going to be in the league for 10-plus years, so good on him. But he's not a consistent shooter. And, you know, with uh, what they got going on in Minnesota, uh, he's better than what they have. And so they're not going to ask him to shoot that much, but that's always been something that's plagued his ability to achieve star status. You've got to be able to shoot nowadays. And so it just makes me wonder what's going on. Sam Merrill, the former Aggie, the last pick of the draft. New Orleans drafts him. He'll be traded to the Bucks. A shooter around Antetokounmpo. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, Antetokounmpo has what I think right now is the signature move in the NBA, that uh, dribble that he does and the drop step, which for him is about 10 yards. (laughs) It seems like he does that one drop step, and he is right on top of the rim. And a lot of the times he just finishes with the dunk. But, you know, as defenses continue to guard him and with five guys when he drop steps, you know, if he makes that pass, Merle's a kid who can make that shot. This is your last pick of the second round. I mean, once you get what? 15 in the second round, 15 and beyond, you know, it's tough to make a team. With the G League now, you can make a roster, but can you be with that team? Can you make contributions in the NBA? Remains to be seen. It's happened, so I'm not ruling any of those guys out. You know, Pace's kid went, what, uh, 38th to the Warriors? uh, 48th. 48th, excuse me, 48th. Uh, That's a tough spot to be in. At the same time, He's going to a place where he knows. He knows Steph Curry. Uh, obviously, uh, they have a connection there with Kerr with the University of Arizona. And so it's going to be tough, but you're going to get your opportunity. And that's really all that you could ask for for Sam, for Nico, for I assume Yoli Childs is going to get an opportunity here. There's been plenty of guys who've made the league who are not drafted. And did you see what Lou, Lou Dort had? He tweeted out, uh, don't worry, man. It's basically, I'm paraphrasing. You can look it up. Basically, uh, the draft is a number. Don't let it discourage you. And he speaks from experience because he wasn't drafted, (laughs) right? And then we know by the end of the season, he's starting on a playoff team, and they reward him with a fancy contract. I first heard about him. We might want to call Scotty when it comes to Lou Dort. Might want to call him uh, a bird dog in the way Grandpa Al Lewis (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow, the Wayback Machine. The Grandpa Al Lewis. Because Yuck, Scott, you were 11. <laughs> Scotty replaced Al Lewis, and then Al Lewis, the bird dog, Grandpa Al Lewis of the Munsters, told us he was a scout in the NBA. And we asked him about Mark Eaton. Did he see him being so good? He said, Who? Oh. <laughs> 
but I first heard of Lou Dortz when Scotty's around this time two years ago. He was down in Vegas. He texted me because he went to the kid went to ASU, and I don't I didn't follow it that much. Kid from Canada. He said, "Man, have you, what do you know about that? I don't know anything." He said, "Well, this kid's a player." Scotty was the first one who told me about Lou Dortz being a player, and now he's in in the NBA. Well, I think the thing Sam Merrill has going for him, I read last night that the Bucks, and, and this may partly depend on that deal with Sacramento and whether it goes through or not, but the Bucks are uh, up against it big time, and they need inexpensive guys at the bottom of their roster. Sure. I mean, everybody does, but apparently the way their roster is built right now, they've got spots for inexpensive guys. Hey, so that's how I got my radio spot with you. There it is. An inexpensive guy, and all this time I've been an inexpensive guy. Look at me. 19 years later, I'm still right. an expensive guy compared to you. Whatever gets your foot in the door. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Well, more games getting canceled. Uh, the draft kind of buried some of the news, but... 12 games, 13 games, 14 games, and caught up in all of that yesterday. The Utah State game for Thursday night with Wyoming is off. An upward trajectory of COVID-19 cases within the Aggie program. So now 14 games canceled or postponed this week. It was 15 last week, and we're sitting here on Thursday morning. There's still time. We got two days to go. Yeah, there's still time to lose a couple more, right? Ah, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Uh, so if you're looking for football tonight, that one's off the table. Uh, Tulane and Tulsa play tonight, but there's uh, NFL football as well. The college football playoff uh, management committee agreed to discuss moving the games. And shortly after that, they agreed not to move the games. So I think we can all assume, unless the SEC has a problem, they're not moving the games. Now, if the SEC doesn't play football for a couple weeks, maybe they'll, they'll revisit well, this. I think what they'll do is once they make their selection of the four, and then if the, any of the four have an issue, then it will definitely be moved. That was no, the report out there that said they don't want to call it. off a semifinal yeah, game. Right, so I it. think that is the most likely scenario. And I'm starting to think, I've been on this bandwagon for a few weeks. You'll eventually get there. I know you will. <laughs> this, this season, in terms of competition and standings, it just doesn't matter nearly as much. So why extend it? Why push it back into February? Why make these kids go a month longer, potentially some of them? It, 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 they're already living an abnormal life. Get it over with and then move on. See about the vaccines. Now they'll be down the list on the vaccines. We understand that. But get it over with. Get to the off season as soon as you possibly can. Uh, that, that within reason of playing some games. That's my line of thinking. Don't push it back three or four weeks or a month and make these kids be in this situation where they're tested a thousand times over. Blah blah blah. This doesn't seem right. That's where I would. That's where I draw the line. In that these guys are college kids here. I think the line has been drawn that uh, you should have kicked off when we kicked off, and we're not moving it back for you, Pac-12. I think that was what happened for about 45 seconds in the meeting before they decided they weren't moving their dates. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 
We have to get back to mixing our stuff and getting back to balance so we're not just relying on the throwing game where they can keep calling their stuff to get after you, to cover you you know, more aggressively because they don't have to respect the run as much. So uh, we ran for 100 yards, but it wasn't a great 100 yards, and uh, we, need to, we need to get our game mixed up. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just the way we play best. Of course, that means getting Chris Carson back. He's been out about a month, Pete Carroll. And the Seahawks missing uh, the guy who was their leading rusher until he was overtaken by Russell Wilson. But they miss him. He's had a foot injury. Will he be back tonight? Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, Fox in the NFL Network. That's a big game in the NFC West. Both those teams at 6-3. and three. Now, you can oversell any one game, but 6-4 and four doesn't feel very special, PK. At 6-3, and three, we're in a three-way tie. We're in a battle at 6-4. and four. We're barely over 500. What's going on here? What? Technical difficulties with PK. Yach, you'll make the magic happen there. All right, uh, starting this Saturday, all NFL teams must operate under the league's intensive COVID-19 protocols for the remainder of the season. The league sent out a memo, requirements uh, under the protocols, which 20 of the 32 teams have already experienced at some point this season, include virtual team meetings and the wearing of masks by all players and staff at all times while in the facility, including during practice. And the NFL's... Showing they're pretty serious about this. They find the Raiders over a million bucks. They're ready to take away draft picks. But it's clear that if somebody picks it up, and obviously the numbers are going up in a lot of cities, they do not want it to spread and wipe out a game. PK, we were told a college football game in the Pac-12 is worth $5 million. They're obviously worth more than that in the Big Ten and the SEC. And I think we can all assume they're worth even more than that in the NFL. And the NFL does not want to lose any of those games. So everybody mask up in the facility. And prepare to be fined. Otherwise. And those are those are stringent rules, and that's what I was talking about. Do we really need college kids going through that? Pro, yes. But do we really need college kids going through that for an extra month so some bogus playoff thing can be expanded or conducted, what have you? My answer to that is no. But at the NFL level, absolutely. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. So the flip side would be allow those teams to play so they don't have what the Dodgers had, which is layoffs. And, of course, they only had a 60-game season, so they didn't get a full payment on their regional TV, local TV deal, and they didn't have fans in the stands, so they took another hit there, which means they sell less merchandise and concessions. They take another hit there. Dodgers with a round of layoffs. And then uh, Robinson Cano suspended suspended PEDs out for all of next season. Second time. Well, it's the second time, yeah, because the first time is 80, the second time is the entire season, basically half and then full. You're 38 years old, you're going to forfeit $24 million. I mean, there's really no excuse for this unless it's something I didn't knowingly blah, 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 like they always seem to say. And I think he forfeited his any chance. He was a potential Hall of Famer. I think that's out the window now. Uh, because, you know, he had a nice season at 37. Well, did you beat the system? Did you not get tested? What was the deal? Because you had been slumping when you're in Seattle, and then they go to New York, and you have a good season at 37. Well, that calls in a massive question as to why. And and the Dodgers on the layoffs, I get it. Uh, You know, they lost this and that. But at the same time, whatever they lost, the assessed valuation in the franchise (laughs) went through the roof. Yeah, you think. 
I think that uh, that's so, where the jazz sale catches on. everybody's attention. You know, the Clippers sold for $2 billion, and everybody was blown away. But it's in L.A. It's in the second biggest media market. The jazz without a building, though. Are in, what? No building. You're without right. Without a yeah. building. Yeah, without a building. The Jazz went for $1.66 billion. So an NBA team in the 30th market. With a, a building. A baseball team with the building. Wow. So, yeah, there's only – the valuations on these clubs are only going in one direction. Straight up. Sky high. Yeah. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Utah, the season opener. Take three. Going to try and kick off Saturday night against USC. Ryan Abraham, USCfootball.com, here to talk about the Trojans and the Utes. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. USC 2-0, a borderline magical 2-0, but 2-0 nonetheless. Uh, Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, here to talk Jazz and draft and as a weekday at 8.30. Your reaction to the draft next. Phone lines are open old school style. 855-340-ZONE. Grab the phone. Use the app. Use the open mic feature. Record 15 seconds of audio. Zip it off the yak, and he will play it on the air. You can hit us up on Fitter. On, uh, on Fitter. On Facebook and on Twitter. Fitter. Fitter. It's a, it's a new thing I got going on. Maybe a new it. thing. Who knows? Is this your new Maybe app you're developing? Yeah, if you're disgusted with Facebook, try Fitter. We do it right. Uh, Sign parlay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, parlay. Sign! We're coming for you, parlay! Uh, Fitter, join me now and be all alone. Uh, Facebook, DJ and PK. Twitter, David DJ James. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Udoka Azubuki with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What do you think about playing alongside Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell? Is that something that gets you excited? Oh man, I'm so excited to go out there and walk with Rudy, walk with Donovan Mitchell. Um, Mitchell, I started Rudy, you know, like just picking his brain as a two-time defensive player of the year. I mean, like I know that, you know, just learning from Rudy, like a guy like Rudy is really going to help my game a lot. And um, I'm so excited to learn from Mitchell and you know his brand and what he brings to the table and what he can do. Like I'm just excited to learn from this superstar. The Big Show weekdays from two to seven on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What am I reading? We can get some Cadillac lyrics here, Yak. Yes, Chris Ledoux. I like it. Hot Takes of Toast brought to you by Jerry Steiner Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2020 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Steiner Cadillac. It is time to talk NBA draft. The Jazz. A lot of words spent on the first round, PK, and I want to throw you a curveball right out of here. And let's okay. just see if uh, let's see if this is a throwback draft. It was about uh, it's a quarter of a century now. The Jazz drafted Luther Wright, which if you go into a list, oh, of, oh man, I just threw up. And if you go into a list 
of bad jazz draft picks. He's top three. There was much discussion about this on Twitter. People like to flail about and torture themselves. Hey, let's not discuss good jazz draft picks. Let's discuss bad ones. So they're discussing bad ones. So he's right up there. But Brad Rock, retired columnist and jazz beat writer for the Deseret News, jumped right in with, they saved that draft. Luther... That that was that was a disastrous pick. But in the second round, they got Brian Russell, and he ends up starting playing not quite a decade for the club, but almost. And obviously, ends up you know playing huge minutes and starting on the teams to go to the NBA Finals and playing a big role for them. And I'm wondering, uh, with all the discussion of Azubuike, who we talked a little bit, we we barely talked at all about uh, their second round draft pick. Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse. And there were a lot of people who couldn't believe the Jazz took a big guy because they thought, well, they're going to take a wing guy, right? And there are all these guys that we had talked about and other people had written about and talked about. And they were all on the board for one reason or another. They hadn't been picked yet. And, uh, you know, it's Bain or it's Bay or it's whoever. There was still a list of guys out there. And they end up getting Elijah Hughes. And I'm wondering what you think of the upside to him after four years of college, three years of playing, because you pointed out in what is trending, he redshirted as he transferred from East Carolina to Syracuse. He, when you watch the video, I mean, he looks the part. He's 6'6", he's athletic, he moves well, he challenges shots all over the floor. Of course, highlight films only show him hitting threes, right? you got to check the numbers. And he's shooting low to mid-30s from a college three, so now you know why he went in the second round, not the first. But the people who defend him will say, well, he took a lot of shots against the clock and bad shots. And we've had a lot of people on over the years who say a lot of shooting is taking the right shot. Your percentage will go way up if you eliminate the bad shots. Presumably he'll be on a roll where he won't be taking the shots against the shot clock. So maybe that number goes up. What do you think of him? Well, we'll start with Hughes if that's what you want. Sure. Uh, I, I think I think that uh, there's something to work with. There's some clay there. I can mold it. I can make it better. I'm speaking from the Jazz organizational standpoint, not me, obviously. So it's not like it was 22%. Right. It was in the 30s. So that my point is there's something workable there, right? Now you're a full-time basketball player. You're not a student. You're nothing else. You're 22 years old. You got a little. I think there's a massive difference. I've said this many times over. A massive difference between an 18, 19 year old and a 22 year old. Just that, that might be the biggest four years of growth that you might ever have maturity wise in a four year period in your entire life, as an adult anyway. So he comes here. He's got the body. That's already established, right? We know that. So he has an opportunity now to improve. Because you're going to get big-time coaching, big-time facilities. Everything that you need is right at your disposal in terms of you name it. Film work, professional work, training, uh, should you have any nicks, uh, rehab, whatever, strength. Everything is right there over at the basketball facility off the freeway. So now you have an opportunity here. And What are you going to do with it, man? What will you do to make yourself better? You come from a solid background as a family man, and that's great. You know, there doesn't Luther Wright had issues that went way beyond basketball, right? And that's I think uh, after that the Jazz hired some people, and that was the the thing that spurred him, if I can remember, of hiring psychologists and going through all this stuff and all. And I don't know how much they did here since the. Uh, 
it was an unusual off season compared to what we normally have here. But I think it's worth a shot to see. And I don't know that he's going to be a Brian Russell and be with you for 10 years. He may not even be there for 10 minutes, metaphorically. I don't know. But it seems like it's worth something where you got him. And I'm intrigued to see what this young kid can do because the opportunity right now is before him, and this is what he's worked for his whole life. I don't know a lot about his family when you reference Rock Solid, but uh, reading up a little bit, um, six of seven kids, and dad is an information technology uh, guy at IBM, and his mom... Uh, was a teacher's aide in Beacon City Schools and then went to counseling at a methadone clinic. Now, you can get that off a Wikipedia page. You don't have to have, uh, right. you know, an, well, NBA, an NBA staff going out and talking to people, which you assume, of course, all of that got done, too. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. yeah. When, when I hear six or seven kids, I think, well, there's someone who isn't spoiled. There were a lot of kids doing a lot of stuff, and sometimes you got to wait your turn. you got to go to your siblings games or concerts or whatever youngest and i can he's the sixth of seven Mm -hmm. and i can tell you all of the oldest children they are pompous you know what (laughs) everybody (laughs) i've met is the oldest of a minimum three their (laughs) egos need to be checked out the door yeah so out of control (laughs) they're uncoachable they're unteachable their attitudes are miserable I'm not naming names, but no. if you're at least three uh, siblings and you're the oldest, I don't know who you're whereas talking if you're about. one of the youngest, particularly if you're the youngest of three, you're humble, you're moldable, you know to learn from your elders, you're really a high-quality person there. What are you? I'm not going to explain this to the audience. <laughs> If they haven't figured this out by now, then they're hopefully they're new to the market. Hopefully they got a good gig here. They're new to town. They just got here. They're they're flipping the dial looking for sports talk radio. One of us is the oldest of three, and one of us is the youngest of three. And the only mystery is Yak, where do you fit? Let's uh let's finish oh, out the, the crew. Old man. I'm the oldest of seven. Oh my gosh, you're unbearable. Yes, I am. <laughs> Yes, I have two younger brothers, and PK has two older sisters. For those of you who are new to town, there it is. <laughs> you know what else I like about Hughes? What? Growing up, he played CYO. Now, CYO may not be a big thing out here. Ah, oh, but there are other Hughes. places where the Catholic Youth Organization, that is where it's at, your formative years. Eighth grade year, I made the CYO basketball all-star team in fact in the basketball all-star game at morris catholic high school where my sister went i nailed a half quarter at the end of the third quarter money banked it in <laughs> call glass no i uh, the ball came deflected i passed it up the court and there was a collision it bounced back to me and I was just inside the half-court line, and I just picked it up. And I did bank it because I was off to the right side. And uh, I literally shot from the hip. And <laughs> really, I haven't stopped for that matter. <laughs> uh, Jazz Time Jones tweets at us about these draft picks. They need to perimeter defense more. Another big project? Bad pick. Well, w- w- what's I, a big project? Are we going, I, with, are we going with Doak? So I get that. Yeah, I think that's the way. The, the, I that, don't think he is a project. See, that's the thing I was going to get at. They traded Bradley. Right. And I think they traded Bradley because they couldn't trade Ed Davis. 
They couldn't, they couldn't get anyone to take him because I think they would have traded Davis if they could. They know as of week eight, played 60% of his college games, and Ed Davis got played off the floor and lost his job. It's harsh to say, but if you watched last season, how else do you say it? He got played off the floor and he lost his job to Bradley. They don't really want to play Davis because they've gone long stretches without playing Davis, having played him and seen what it looked like. And so I don't think they're looking at him as a project. I think they got him penciled into 12 to 15 minutes a night. I don't think there's any question. Right. So, I mean, everyone needs to get better and everyone needs to improve. So if that's your definition of project, but this isn't uh, the foreign guy we were talking about whose name we can't possibly pronounce, who went 17th. Do it, Yak. Do it. You want to take a swing? You're about Poku? Oh, okay. Oh, the Frenchman? Yeah. So he uh, he's a project, right? He's not. If he contributes yeah. anything this year, it's found money. They got they got no expectations. He's a project in the way Rudy Gobert was a project. He wasn't supposed to contribute his first year. He didn't. But you get three, four down years down the road, you're a project. You produce, and you know everybody wants the Rudy Gobert career arc. So. But the, I mean, as of week A, I mean, he's. He, I figure he's checking in late first quarter of the season opener, and he's going to play twelve to fifteen minutes that night. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, yeah. they traded Tony Bradley. That that was, and and, and then helps him financially with some other moves, Clarkson, and, and see what else they come up with. And so, yeah, uh, on that uh, perimeter stuff, who's to say they don't acquire that? I mean, this is a, well, this is a puzzle here, and then this is just one piece of the puzzle. Who's to say that isn't Elijah Hughes? Now, he's coming out of Syracuse, and they're playing zone, and it's a little funky. How's he going to do You know, man-to-man in a pick-and-roll? I get there's a transition to be made there. But if you haven't seen his video, and he got picked late last night, and you know you had to go to bed because you have to get up and go to work in the morning, and PK and I you know, get paid to do it. But like today, when you have some free time, just go to YouTube and search Elijah Hughes, and he looks pretty athletic. He looks like he ought to be defending pick and rolls on the perimeter in the NBA. Now, whether you can do it or not, you know, Syracuse plays a funky matchup zone, and it's kind of a different beast. So there's a transition to be made there, but he looks the part. So who's to say they didn't get that well, perimeter defense? Yeah. Yeah, we don't know that. The thing that I like, they had uh, uh, Jay-Z, Justin Zanuck, and Morway on uh, last night. We played it it's on this morning. It's on our website. You can go listen to it. I listened to it last night. I listened to it again this morning. Uh, and when they asked him about uh, Udoka, Doke as they call him, Jay-Z went right to the kid's measurables as far as his size, his strength. And he said something, uh, I'm loosely quoting, but some type of skill thing uh, in terms of strength that they did, some measurement thing. He said he's like one of only 18 guys. What was that, Yak? He said his power numbers were elite. Power numbers, that was it. Thank you. Yeah, his power numbers, he listed like as one of 18 guys that have ever had these types of numbers. And so they're looking for, that's why I really believe that they're looking for a, a, a mold, a model, if you will, and then you got to have some skill. You just can't be an Adonis with no skill. You know what I mean? There was a time in the NFL they were intrigued with these track guys, and so they were <laughs> signing true. them left and right. Yeah. Well, they couldn't catch a cold, let alone a pass. You know what I mean? So it's not you just don't want somebody. This is not a robot you're building. I'm not saying that. But if you have some basketball ability and then you have these power structure thing, uh, they feel like they can get you into their program and make you better 
and that's they really, really believe on what they're doing there and their skill development. And they must be pretty good because other organizations are hiring their people left and right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's your first clue. You know, Bryant left, Guthrie left. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they're well, getting the new GM. I assume, like uh, I'm not sure what. Go ahead. The, the new GM in Detroit, Troy Weaver. Came from Oklahoma City, yeah. and before that, he yeah. was with the Utah Jazz. And each move he's made has been up the career ladder. Right. So their skill development people are finding work other places, that, and they're moving up the, the ladder. So they've got to be doing something right. And you take a look at somebody like a Joe Ingles, who was barely hanging on. Well, he didn't barely hang on, you know. He got a whole lot better and became an integral part of what they're trying to do. So you have to allow these professionals, now that they've made their picks, an opportunity to see what they can do once they bring these guys into their program. And they like what they see, and so they have the the power numbers, the measurables, all that stuff. It's not just – they're not going to take anybody and just make them a player – uh, they can do well, but the player has to be committed too. And two things that I like that jump out at me about Doak is that I already said he lost 32 pounds going in his senior year. And I read a thing. I was reading stuff because he went in the first round, so it was much easier to read on him. And I'd already read stuff about him to begin with. It's not like I was starting from scratch. But they were having a practice, and they subbed out, and they told him to sit down, and he said no. He wanted to keep running because he knew he needed to lose the weight. So there was a commitment there. And then this other Brian kid, 22 years old, man, comes from a family with a mother and father who are working for a living. They've set the example for him. And he played in a big-time program. So, and he's 6'6", 215. So now you got to give him an opportunity. And once, you, once these people make their decisions, and if it doesn't work, and we see there was other guys in two, three years, well, believe me, we'll be all over them. And we'll see how that happens. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But now you got to give them an opportunity. All right, you made your picks. You did your studying. These are the guys you chose. Now let's see what happens. I think that uh, to your point, when you've had a couple talent, a couple key talent evaluators hired away and a couple t- key development people hired away, and when you look at the arc of um, several guys inside your organization. We were talking yesterday about how you got to have a couple guys who you're paying the minimum, and it doesn't matter if they're drafted, undrafted, uh, if it's somebody you find on the end of somebody else's bench, somebody you find overseas. The arc of uh, Rudy Gobert, the arc with uh, Joe Ingles, um, the arc with uh, Royce O'Neal, that is... You know, identify the talent, develop it. The it Ark pays of the off. Covenant. You have to pay the Ark of the Covenant. You really? Harrison Ford movies. Here we go. Joan of Arc. The Joan of Arc. Famous arcs. Let's go, people. Let's go. <laughs> Noah's. <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I got, the, I got to bed late last night. Clearly. <laughs> we all did. That's just the way it goes on draft night. You know it's coming. <laughs> at five, at 5.30, I'm in front of the TV. Start it. Make a pick. Let's go. We're burning daylight, people. Oh, goodness. First pick I at like I watch way more of Central Michigan, Western Michigan. I, I watch way more of Central Michigan, Western Michigan than I anticipated. And I'm just glad that Kevin Graham uh, is emotionally invested in that game because that entertained me on Twitter. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that just he pops off. Time. The route is on. Yeah, the route is on the other way. <laughs> I know. It's 14-0, and they give up 31 unanswered. Well, it's time to tweet back at Kevin. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's evaluate a draft. I think, uh, you know, so you say you got to look back after three, four, five years and see how they did. Let's do that next. And then Ryan Abraham in 15 minutes to talk Utah USC football. Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com. Coming up, stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I want more for BYU than North Alabama and two bye weeks that follow it. I want more for BYU than to drop down the rankings to probably 11th or 12th by the time they get back on the field against San Diego State. Yes, I'm happy with what they've been able to do. I just want more. I want to know who this team is, and I don't want a garbage game that I have to sit there on a Saturday and do an hour pre and post for against North Alabama. I can't bring myself to watch game film of an 0-3 FCS team. I can't. They're 142nd in FCS football in passing the ball. I'm trying to figure out how I transition. Joining hands on the uh, pre- and post-game show on Saturday, Will Snowden. I will. Jeez. I don't even know what to say. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and we are brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. All right, PK was just saying, uh, Jazz have good talent evaluators. That's why they get hired away, right? The, the Knicks and the Thunder came calling, and the guy who went to the Thunder has now gone to the Pistons. And they got good talent development people. That's why they get hired away. They've lost multiple assistant coaches. I think Johnny Bryant probably most notably, but they had another assistant coach go be a head coach, and... Zach Guthrie just got hired Zach Guthrie Mavericks. just got hired away, right? So give them time. I mean, we're all going to go nuts because it's fun. Who are we kidding? It's why they televise the draft, because it's fun. But you get three years down the road, you can start to evaluate this and see uh, what's going right and what's going wrong, and there's still time for some guys to blossom or some guys to crash. But you know, three years is a pretty good chunk of time. So the 2017 draft, I think, is also interesting because a guy the Jazz drafted in 2017, they just moved last night. Now, you get a player and uh, you recruit over the top of your recruits. That doesn't mean in college that you recruited the wrong guy. But if you get a guy who's better a year later, well, you take him. And you draft over the top of the guys you have if you can. So Tony Bradley, who the Jazz used the 28th pick on, um, the Lakers actually drafted Bradley. The pick started with Houston, went to the Lakers, went to the Jazz. Man, some of these picks change hands so much, PK. Yeah, they do. Uh, so Bradley, the 28th pick, is out. Now... If you and there, there was plenty of discussion about this on Twitter last night, and then, you know a lot of Jazz fans are into the draft and are like, "Well, that draft, nah." Okay, that's also the Donovan Mitchell draft. At the top of the draft, <clears throat> mistakes were made. PK, uh, there's three really good players at the top of that draft: Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo. If you end up with any of them, you, your fan base is excited. They went three. Tatum went third. Mitchell went thirteenth. Adebayo went fourteenth. So there's some people holding lottery picks and high lottery picks, and some of the other guys are nice players and might end up being nice players, but those three have already emerged and everybody's drooling over them. Yeah, I think De'Aaron Fox at five is good. Mm-hmm. Marketing at seven is good. Collins, Zach Collins at 10 is good. So, but uh, those three. And Alonzo Ball is not bad. He's already been traded once, but you're traded for Anthony Davis. He went second to the Lakers. The Magic overstated his uh, ability. But they're you know, Josh Jackson, Phoenix, why they suck. Josh, Josh Jackson at fourth. 
I mean, coming out of Kansas as a freshman, I think sometimes they draft these guys out of these big-name programs, and they don't really do a whole lot, but they're a big-name program. Now, if you're a Kentucky guy, I'm <laughs> Kentucky had Kentucky had three of the top yeah. 14 picks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2017 is interesting because it's it's the Kyle Kuzma draft as well. He went 27th. Um, again, a pick that changed hands a gazillion times. Uh, Boston to Brooklyn to obviously the Lakers end up with Kuzma. So that's another pick that's in that's, that's passed around before Kuzma and the Lakers uh, at 27. That's a pretty good pick. There aren't many. Who who do you like? Well, I guess actually a Utah guy, Frank Jackson, was the first pick in the second round. Um, rotation guy for the Pelicans. He's played some. Barely. You like anybody else? Uh, Dwayne Bacon. In the second round? Yeah. yeah D- Dylan Brooks. Yes, yeah, Oregon kid, Dylan right? Pl- yeah. Yeah. He's playing for uh, Memphis. Yeah. 45th pick in the draft. Right. He's he's a nice player. He was a nice player in college. And he's a nice, particularly where they got him, he's a nice player. Um, what's that, middle of 45th, middle of the second round? Yep, so, literally right yeah, in the middle. He, sh- he should have gone higher. He should have gone higher. Uh, so I, I like him, particularly, as I say, where he went. Uh, but see, the, the thing about all this stuff now, these are numbers. And Donovan Mitchell is just a number. 13, well, clearly he should have gone much higher. But he was just a number. And when training camp starts... And the great thing about it, man, is you don't have to go. These guys have had to have probably had some tor- uh, term uh, portions of like mental torture uh, all this time, waiting, waiting, waiting. This should have been done several months ago, and there should have been a summer league. Well, now it's metaphorically speaking tomorrow, man. Oh, I know. You got to <laughs> move past town, it. Yeah, and, and and yeah, and you get an opportunity right away. You don't have to stew on this. You don't have to sit there forever because camp's open right around the corner. I mean, in two weeks. And then you'll start playing some preseason. I think they'll probably have a few of those. And then the freaking season, it's it's just a couple of days over a month to go. So this is it, man. And you got a chance. If you didn't think you were drafted high enough, you got a chance to prove everybody wrong. And if you were drafted high you got a chance to prove everybody right, <laughs> whatever it might be. And that's even though, and so we've had to wait all this time. Well, now the good thing is we don't have to wait much anymore. We get to see uh, Hughes and Doak uh, in a couple of weeks. And I'm pumped up for this. December and, 1st, we're I don't, 12 days out from yeah, camp. It's on. I'd rather have the draft be in June, but because it didn't happen under the circumstances – I like the fact that it starts in two weeks. Let's get going. Let's see what we got through all this stuff from the first pick of the draft, uh, Edwards, all the way down to the last pick, Sam Merrill, and free agents who will be added. Let's see what you got, man. All right, DJ and PK, take a break. When we come back, here's what we've got for Utah football fans. Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com. Are they good? Are they lucky? Have they been both? They are 2-0. and and they could have lost either one or both of those games. Ryan Abraham's take on the Trojans and the Utes Saturday night. That's coming up next. Bowler's here to talk draft at 8.30. Stay with us.